Garrett. And I'm Daniel. And this is Modern Gaze. On today's episode, we're talking about love. Everybody say love. But more specifically, does love at first sight exist? What is it? What kind of love languages do we speak? And what's the difference between love and lust? So would you say that it was love at first sight when we met? I would definitely say that there was love in the air. Did you feel tingles? I definitely felt, I wouldn't say tingles, but I would say excitement. Yeah. There was like a, I don't know, there was like a buzz or energy in the air when I met you. Same. It was a lot of excitement. And I think that the love came quickly. Agree. I think after our first date or during our first date. After we had a couple of wines. It generated pretty quickly. Yeah, agree. We were vibing. Our conversation was really good without getting into the nitty gritties. Our first date was probably like four or five hours. We went yeah. from one place to another place to another place. Does love at first sight have to be that instant? Does it have to be like the second you cross eyes? I think love at first sight doesn't have to exist right at the beginning. I think if you have that spark with someone where you're like, okay, I see you, I'm into you. And you have that initial chemical attraction yeah. because I think love is important, but you have to be attracted to somebody. I remember going to a party mm. and we took some Uber up into the hills Okay, and it was this like gorgeous house with this amazing view of the city. But it was like this big gay party mm-hmm. and it was just like full of like 200 guys mm-hmm. in this gorgeous mansion. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea whose house it is. It was a vibe. Mm -hmm. And the second I walk in, I actually do cross eyes with somebody Uh in the kitchen. In the kitchen? In the kitchen. Well, the kitchen was the size of a house. Everybody's looking for the meat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, apparently, because I had like crossed eyes with this person. And I don't know. It was almost like that weird, is this love at first sight? Mm. And literally in slow motion, I think we like walk towards each other. In slow motion. In slow motion. And without even saying hello, Mm. he just actually kissed me. Oh my God. The second I walked in. You're in a movie. It was a full on movie. I was like, oh wow. Was this at the start of the night? Like how deep into the night were you in the kitchen? I wasn't even in the house for like five minutes. Oh my God. And my friends were like, what is happening? And I was like, I don't know what's happening. And then it was just literally in slow motion. I could see my, it was like an out of body experience. But you see, to me, that's not love. It wasn't love. That's trust not me. love. I, exactly. Because I never heard from him 100%, again. 100%. He just wanted to kiss you. He found you attractive. Which well, he is, wanted more than that. Obviously. And when it didn't happen. He said bye. He said bye. Block, block, block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We grow up to believe that love at first sight exists. I think we've grown up to watch movies and watch Disney shows like Cinderella and Snow White where the Prince Charming will always come and save the day or The Little Mermaid. And we watch all of these shows and it's a taught fantasy. It's a taught fantasy. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's kind of a false fantasy, Mm. to be honest, real talk, because Love takes time, love takes hard work, love takes patience, love takes so many things that it's not just a, oh, I love you, let's get married and elope in Italy. No. Within the first five minutes of yeah, meeting one Yeah, it doesn't happen. Like yeah. your love consistently evolves. Like we've been together for nearly seven years now and I feel like our love grows deeper in like a different way every day. So you don't b- really believe in love at first sight? I don't, know. 
I guess love at first sight for me is more of a internal like checklist that mm. happens in your biology where you're like your chemicals are like sparking in the right way. The oxytocin is flowing. Yeah. Like you feel good. You look good. You like the other person also feels good and looks good. You're on the same energy. You're on the same vibe. Yeah. Like you're in that kind of frame of mind. Agree. And then I don't know, just something could have just happened where it's like, oh, I can really see myself with this person for a long time without putting all that pressure. It's like, I think your brain is doing the flips. It's a subconscious like chain of reaction that happens. Absolutely. And let me clarify. I don't believe in love at first sight. No, but I do believe in an attraction at first sight, which can develop into love. Okay. I think within the gay space in particular, we go on this ride so quickly I and mean, we literally jump on this roller coaster blindfolded. I think every time we meet someone, we're like, oh, he is the one, babe. Like, this is the one. And I feel like we constantly do that every single time because we're so excited. We're always searching to find the right guy. Sometimes you ignore red flags. Sometimes you don't express your needs and you kind of sacrifice for the other person just to please them and especially in the early stages of dating i think within most gay and queer relationships you don't have the same traditional expectations put upon you like my parents probably didn't think i would get married and have kids at some point i definitely don't feel the pressure and i think that's also a nice thing to have Mm, that's actually a really good point you say because when you are straight it's kind of like oh, you're going to get married and you're going to have a baby and where's your boyfriend or where's your girlfriend? It's like always your grandmother or your parents or your aunties or your siblings always saying, why don't you have a boyfriend yet? Why don't you have a partner? Yeah, but I feel like the second you come out and you say I'm gay or I'm queer or I'm bi or trans or whatever it might be. They give up on you. They give up. They're like, (laughs) like, oh, "Oh, whatever. You'll be single forever. You'll be right, darling. You know, and I think it's like, well... No, people want love. Like everyone wants love. Everyone wants connection. Yeah. You know, whether you believe it or not, I think everybody deep down inside of them longs to have a lifelong friend or a lifelong soulmate to share their life with. Mm. Yeah. And it's so special. Like I could never imagine doing life without you. Serious. Yeah. Like it's so nice. Like you wake up in the morning, you're there. We have our pre-workout together and we go to the gym. Like, it's just well, the nice is, to share that experience with you in life. Yeah. well, I, Not just a pre-workout, but I mean like throughout the entire day. <laughs> As your workout partner. <laughs> You're just my workout partner. That's it. So if love is love, mm-hmm. what is love? It's a good question. I think love is a connection that people share together that is built over time and requires lots of work, lots of communication, lots of trust, and lots of good experiences together. What do you think it is? I don't know what love is by definition. I think that love feels more like a feeling. Trust feels more like a, a really undescribable embrace of your soul. Mm. It's like when you get that really good hug, mm. like someone who's a really good hugger, they mm. just give you a really nice warm embrace mm-hmm. and it feels full of love. Yeah. That's love. I still remember that feeling that I got on our wedding day when we were standing up there and we had come down the aisle and 
it was so emotional. We looked out into the crowd and there was so much love. Like that was the indescribable feeling. We were all so vulnerable and we were so open and raw mm-hmm. that the love just poured in yeah. like even more than we cried a bunch, but it was such a beautiful day. Well, with love, I think once the initial attraction comes, uh-huh. you know, and then develops into a long form attraction, you are left with love mm. or not. Like the love can start off like pretty strong. Could be like, oh, because I love how he talks, how he treats me. I love how he does the things that he does for his family. Mm. I love how you pay attention to my needs. Like, I think that there's all of these really specific actions or things, maybe love languages mm-hmm. that help define what love is and help you navigate on how to communicate what your need is, the is. love you need. Correct. So speaking of what is love and tools to build a successful long-term relationship, there are love languages, right? There's like five love languages that are used to help describe and define what you need, what your partner needs, and also like kind of help you kind of what? How you speak to the other person. What what will make you happy and satisfied in love? So what are the five love languages? The five love languages are acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, and receiving gifts. We took a quiz. We did. To find out what our love languages are. All right, so... My order at 29% was quality time, mm-hmm. like big one. Which so spending, I can see. Spending time, spending quality time together. Yes. And words of affirmation. So hearing that you think I'm pretty cool. You're amazing, babe. Say the percentage. 26%. And then physical touch comes in third at 19%, followed by acts of service. So... Me cleaning up for you. Doing the dishes. Doing nice things. <laughs> which is 19%. And then receiving gifts. Which is so sad because I acts of service you more than 19%. You do. So, <laughs> so I, this is a good thing because I can identify here that I'm spending too much time in the acts of service and probably physical touch. And I need to be giving you more words of affirmation and more of my quality time. So this is great. Um, can I share mine? So yeah, what are yours? All right. So mine coming in at number one was dun, 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 acts of service mm. at 32%, mm-hmm. quite high. Second was quality time, 29%. Third was words of affirmation at 16%, also tied with physical touch. And then last was receiving gifts. Yeah. So we're both not very greedy. <laughs> we're not, we don't want gifts. I want Chanel. You want Chanel, babes. Well, I want you to make the bed, clean the dishes, cook for me and vacuum and mop and make me coffee every day. Thanks. No problem. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I will promise you my quality time. But seriously, I think these are a really great tool to share with your partner because it will help make them feel happier and you'll express what you actually need. Yeah, It's less about your partner. It's more about you. It is about you. I think if you're single or if you're in a relationship or you're dating or whatever, mm. I think it's actually more important to really understand what you need first. Yep. You can like check it out on like fivelovelanguages.com and take these free quizzes to figure out who you are and what you need. But 
it's a really great simplified way of just approaching and communicating exactly what you need from someone. So if someone says to you, oh, you know, what do you look for in a partner? You, could, you can really specifically say, I want lots of fucking gifts. Mm. If that's your number one. <laughs> if that's what makes you buy happy, me, own it. Buy me shit. Yeah. And, you know, if you're the receiving gifts and you're 98% that and maybe that's an issue. Maybe. But I do, I do think that like when you know that you need to be touched or you like to be close to someone or spend some quality time with someone, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you don't care that someone's doing something for you, but you like to do some things for other people. Correct. Finding a partner who appreciates acts of, acts of service. Is pretty important. Absolutely, because then you feel happier, and they'll feel more seen. Like yep. you feel, but you do feel like heard, heard, and you do feel like, oh, okay, like I know what I'm putting my time and effort into doing for you. Mm-hmm. You'll appreciate, and I think that's a big thing that people fail at and they fall down on huh. is that they go out of their way to do something really fucking nice for you. Like I just said. I vacuum and I clean and I make the bed and I leave the house spick and span for you, and I love it. But it's only 19% of your love language. I need to give you more quality time. So these love languages, right? They can be used to help you communicate what you need and what you're looking for. What about lust? Mm. Like maybe you've met someone, mm-hmm. you're head over heels, mm. or maybe it was love at first sight for you. Mm. And now you're spending all your time with them and having lots of great sex. Like how do you define the lust? difference? I think lust is like an attraction and a love for somebody that doesn't go anywhere or it's not going to go anywhere because maybe they're not ready. I think lust is like a stagnant energy between crossing over to the love level. Yeah, like lust disguises itself as a love, but for the idea of someone, not for who they really are. Mm. So it's like you could be physically attracted to that person and just have this like lustful energy for them and just want them to be this incredible person or want them to be the love of your life. Uh And you can have this like really strong, passionate chemistry, Mm. but it can potentially just sit in that forever until it burns out. Lust is a weird mix between settling Mm. and thinking with your private parts. It's kind of (laughs) like you just want the sex, but at the same time you're looking past actually getting to know them and you're just settling for what you have. I think lust could also be a sign of ignorance. Yeah. And I'd hate to say that, but I feel like you could just be ignorant to what's actually happening and you're not realizing the situation of what the facts are. Right. Like you could be in this like love, lustful relationship and the other person is just using you as like a fuck buddy. A fuck buddy or just to spend time with you when they're bored. Correct. When it's convenient for them. Yeah. But you're like, ooh, they like me. Yeah. I like you not. Well, what's the difference between sex and love and separating the two then? I think there are people out there that can separate sex and love, but I think the vast majority of people um, intertwine them together. Yeah, definitely I do. Because I think that being the Scorpio that I am, very loyal, I'm very focused on one person. Mm -hmm. And if we are intimate with one another and I love you mm-hmm. like those two things are very intertwined you know absolutely I think yes you are right if I have so much love for someone like yourself then I will intertwine the, the sex and the love but if dating someone at an early stage mm. and it's not love yet I don't need to wait to fall in love to then have sex I can 
have sex and not feel anything to someone. Yeah. As weird as that sounds. It's weird to me because I can't do the same thing. And I was even dating. I was very like cautious about who I would open up my heart to. I probably also had a hard time opening up my heart or I had been hurt so many times that I separated the two to not get my heart broken. Mm. So I just constantly had sex to not feel love. Mm. Heavy. I think I just... Revelation there. I literally just had that revelation full circle moment right there. Yeah. Well, so, I, I, <laughs> That's good. There you go. As a gay man, I never thought that I would have love or I never thought that I would find love. I never thought that I would be worthy of love. Well, you're also being prepped to be in love with the wrong person gender or yeah. the wrong person. Like the, the person that your parents or the people who think you're going to fall in love with isn't what... Yeah who you really want. So I think I struggled with the identity of sex and love being one because I automatically separated the two because as soon as I came out, I thought that I would never have love. Yeah. You know? Well, you didn't have many gay role models within your family and within your inner circle. No. And that's why I think it's so important to be open as a kid when you grow up because... You just, you don't know what, what you're going to be or what you're going to, what you are. And it's, it will hinder you in, in later stages of your life. It can. You know? Yeah. Okay. Enough with the heavy talk. So how do you know then you're, that you're actually in love? Like how, what are the tests? Like what, what do you do? Mm. Something clicked and I was like, wow, I love spending time with you. It felt easy. I trusted you. I never once doubted or questioned you or your intentions or your integrity. I always knew you had me. The universe tested our love from the very beginning. I think we had a lot of discussions early on about your past and where you were at and about where I was at. And from that to being in LA, I think LA is a test in itself with the amount of options and the amount of craziness that happens in that city. We were thrown situations where our love was tested and how we persevered through them from an early onset. So... I guess throughout life, you have lots of tests of your love Mm. and using these five love languages as a way to kind of understand what you need and what you want and what the other person may need and want. That's a really great way to navigate. Are you showing up in the right way? And is this love the right kind of love for you? But other people play games. Oh, yeah. And this bullshit of like, you go on a date and then you're like, okay, well. Who's going to text me first? I'm not going to message them because I don't want to look too needy and I don't want to look too keen. So I'm going to like, I'm going to wait a couple of days and then I'll send a message. Or then I'll call later. Fuck that shit. Playing games is a protection of your ego. Mm. And it's a, a bit of manipulation. Maybe you it's know? avoiding rejection as well. Yeah. It could also be, you know, trauma, past trauma. Yeah. You know, it could be a bunch of different reasons. But the best thing to do instead of playing games is to just be honest, be authentic, communicate, like express what you need. And if you have a hard time doing that, just say to the person, hey, can we have a bit of a chat? I'm feeling this. Right. You Maybe know? don't go up to the person and be like, okay, so I'm 29% quality time and, and you're not giving me quality time stop scrolling on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> well you could say stop scrolling on tiktok if well, someone's a bit upset can we scroll together on tiktok and that will help me with my quality time thanks <laughs> but i think yeah playing games is just not cool and i think especially in the gay community so many people play games like 
People even play games on Grinder. I remember when I was single and I was like living in LA, people would like leave you on red, they'd block you straight away, they'd like ask for face pics and then never send you pics back and then they'll like text you back five days later. It's like, oh, sorry, I'm busy. It's like, no, you're not. You're just looking for other options. Yeah. It's like people play games in so many different ways with you mm-hmm. and it just like messes with your emotions. The greatest games of all are these reality television shows. Oh my God. Where they put all of these contestants on to find the love of their lives. Yes. And speaking of, we have been binging. And if you haven't watched it yet, I'd highly suggest it. Are You The One, which is on binge. And in Australia, it's on binge. In Australia. You can also stream it on MTV in America. And So on the show, the 16 contestants have to find their perfect match and the perfect match has been paired from the love experts in the show, right? They have a pair up ceremony where they choose someone throughout the week where they've formed a connection with, and then they have to see if they get any light beams. One light beam means a perfect match. Eight light beams mean eight perfect matches. And these people win One million dollars. One million US dollars. Which is a lot of cash, boy. And the contestants on the show are actually amazing. But it is a clusterfuck. It's a clusterfuck. There's a five sim on there. People are sleeping with multiple people within minutes of sleeping with the previous people. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's pretty, pretty messy. But it is an interesting, very binge-worthy show because I think we saw the first season, you know, back in the day. So this is actually really interesting because it took eight seasons of heterosexual couples to then introduce this idea of more of a queer pairing where they have 16 pansexuals who are very open and interested and just meeting the love of their life, Mm. whoever that may be, whatever gender that may be. It is so much more complicated when everyone in the room isn't immediately signed off from half of the contestants. Everyone is equally into everyone. Absolutely. The common similarity that they all share is you can see the desperation and the need to find the one. Because it's hard out there. I think these TV shows and reality shows need to experiment what their cast looks like and have more representation because younger kids and younger adolescents that are maybe 16 and 18 they need to see love and everyone is bored with the bachelor i'm bored with everyone the bachelor is bored with the basic setup no no more basic bitch do you know what would be a really cool dating show and if any producer takes this show i want full credit there should be a dating show on finding love on an app meaning like i think it's called catfish <laughs> It's already made. Well, not getting catfish, but like the evolution of going on this entire roller coaster of Grinder, right? Like Grinder is so different to what catfish would so be. So like an over-the-shoulder camera, like down yes. onto somebody's phone as they're swipe swipe swiping. Yeah, trying to match with someone on a on Grinder or yeah. Scrub and they would something. find that the first conversation is dick pic, face into what's up. Dom mask looking like it wouldn't be, hi, I'm Daniel and I'm into cooking. Like you'd never like people need to see like what it is actually like to date as a gay or queer or bi man. Right. Like it's so different and it's not represented at all because love is love and everyone deserves a chance at love. Yeah. I think love exists at first sight because You can meet someone, there can be that spark, it could be that really exciting moment of connection, but then it does either quickly 
choose a path. Like it could choose, it can run towards lust or it can run towards love. I think if you're not in love at the moment and you're on the search for love, be patient, be kind to yourself in the process, be open to new experiences and have good communication when you are dating. Yeah. Express your needs, find your love language, find what you need, find what your partner needs, and make sure that both of your needs are satisfied. Everybody say love. Everybody say love. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Modern Gaze. We hope you're enjoying our podcast so far. Make sure that you follow, turn on alerts, and even turn on auto downloads so that you get our episodes first. Our episodes come out every Tuesday and they stream anywhere podcasts play. 